Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raphael, welcome back. We're here once again doing the same thing we always do. But thankfully, this is a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. In, in honor of a bad movie being released, we get to talk about a good movie. Yes, absolutely. Of course, cool. I, I'm sure you're referring to um, Jurassic Park Dominion. Yeah, I believe it's actually Jurassic World Dominion. Um, oh. Right. They're because... all the same thing. They're all in the Jurassic CU. Right. The, <laughs> the, the, the JCU. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. It felt uh, you recommended we chat about the original. Uh, and I think it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, considering that, obviously, the sixth entry in the franchise uh, is releasing this week? Next week? When is it coming out? I think it's been out for like two weeks. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've not been paying attention to it in or the slightest, maybe, so that would explain it. Maybe three weeks at this point? Who knows? Fair enough. Um, I haven't seen it. I, I don't plan to see it. Uh, why no. would you go see it when you can just watch the uh, original... By Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah. Of course it feels applicable to chat about this now because, you know, they're they're cashing in on nostalgia with Dominion. Like, you got Sam Neill, Laura oh, Dern. super hardcore. And Jeff Goldblum back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I assume just, just seems... because. Yeah. No, I, I assume there's no, like, real reason to bring them back beyond just remember these people from the original movie. Here they are. That now, is the serve no real only reason purpose or it's the only sort reason. of emotional weight to the movie. Um yeah, I mean like what's amazing is I think you know you why even even if you do uh, you talk about the ori the original Jurassic World. Uh the first Jurassic World. <laughs> Uh, or the second like they, one. It's all the same franchise, right? It, it is, yes. Um, yes, it, it is. Uh, but you think, you know, what the movies have become now, uh, you know, if you were to watch any of these Jurassic Worlds and then watch Jurassic Park, and you're like, it's like they didn't even really watch the original, or even Lost World, uh, like, and understand why the movies uh, the were great. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, nobody, nobody loved the original Jurassic Park or loves the original Jurassic Park uh, because you have dinosaurs fighting each other. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's a classic sort of, well, what's interesting um, is we, I'm getting completely derailed now. We sort of, <laughs> dude, derail, chatted, I, I believe it, it was you or myself that when we did our monster movie madness episode, we, I, I brought this up or you, you brought up Jurassic Park. Um, as like, Oh, is it a monster movie? Um, and I think traditionally we would say no. Right. Hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, well to counter that in Jurassic Park three, Sam Neill's, uh, Dr. Alan Grant, uh, in a auditorium TED Talk he has, states that uh, what John Hammond engineered were theme park monsters. Nothing more. Now, those are his oh. words, so. I mean, if it came out of Sam Neill's mouth, you gotta take it as gospel. Right? That's true. That's true. Uh -huh. Um... I just, well, joking aside, Have I think you... what's interesting is that, you know, in terms of it, when you think about, think about it like that, it's, it's like, sure, it classifies, the original classifies as, I guess, what, like a sci-fi adventure film, kind of? Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I would, and uh, like, maybe, yeah, probably adventure. Yeah, like, what else, what else, what other blanket would you say it falls under? I mean, sci-fi is probably good. I was, um... On the on the topic of like a monster movie, um, 
sorry, I just got really distracted. Uh, apologies if my if my, my audio sounds like I'm recording from like the inside of a of a butthole. Um, I think the acoustics in the room where <laughs> that I'm in right now are, are not so great. Uh, um, but good. on the topic of uh, on the topic of monster movie, it's kind of like a Frankenstein story where the real monster is the human who's trying to play God, and like in a way, John Hammond is really the monster in Jurassic Park, not the T-Rex that's running around, like trying to bite everyone's head off. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, no, that's... I guess in terms of like broad genres, it, 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 it's probably like a sci I think you're right. I think you're right with sci-fi adventure. Yeah. Um, not a willing adventure by our protagonist, but an adventure that they are uh, forced into. Um, yes, yeah. your, your point about the dinosaurs themselves not being uh, the quote-unquote bad guys, I guess, of the movie, even though they are the direct threat of yeah. the movie. They're, they're where the, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 they're what drives the plot. Um, mm -hmm. Very much so, they're just animals on an island, right? They're not... They're just uh, doing animal things. They're just doing animal things. It's like, uh, you know, uh, being... T-Rex kind of T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. It's like being in a swamp with a bunch of crocodiles and being like, "Oh, they're monsters." It's like, no, you you put put yourself next to a bunch of crocodiles. Yeah. Of course, they're going to try to eat you. Um, well, actually, I don't. I don't know if crocodiles live in swamps. I think I think alligators are swamps, and crocodiles what? are crocodiles are are saltwater, <laughs> and alligators are freshwater. I I think so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know alligators are, are only native to, to North America that sounds made up. outside of the outside of the swamps of the southeast there there are no you can't find alligators anywhere else in the world really everywhere else it's crocs yeah but there are also crocodiles in the American southeast this is totally off topic but um, I figured while we're while we're here may as well, well no I mean that that, that that's that's very interesting. I mean, look, man, this is Jurassic Park. It's a movie about evolution. Um, yeah, dude. Dude, speaking of crocodile alligator evolution, it's probably the movie where most of us learn that dinosaurs are more closely related to birds than to most modern-day reptiles, which is yes. pretty rad. I feel like this movie does teach us a lot about dinosaurs in general and, like, the whole notion of, like, little kids, like, kids between the ages of like four and eight being super into dinosaurs. Like, I wonder if that was a thing before Jurassic park or if that's only true of kids who were born into a post Jurassic park world or were like young enough at the, at the time of release to, you know, be super into dinosaurs. I'm, I, I'm I don't gonna, know. Like, I'm going to assume that what you said is true because after watching this movie as, as a young boy, uh, I was obsessed with mm -hmm. being a paleontologist. Um, Dude. I, I, yeah, I never ended up becoming one because why, why would I do that? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I was fascinated. It's like these amazing creatures that no longer exist except for their bones that we can just dig up. But I, uh, it's interesting you, um, you talk about them being more closely related to birds. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're referring, of course, to the uh, one of the opening scenes of the film where we first meet uh, Doctor Grant and Doctor Sattler, uh, and they're mm. they're pa 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 paleontological paleontological. What is it? Dino dig. They're at their dino dig, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, he's of course explaining to this arrogant little shit stain boy. Uh, why you should respect uh, velociraptors, um, mm -hmm. and something to something to note before I, I get into this is that uh, a velociraptor uh, is not actually the way it is depicted in the movie. In the movie, those kind of dinosaurs are just raptors. Uh, a velociraptor uh, is much smaller and more bird-like. Okay, how how tall is a velociraptor? A velociraptor is probably no bigger than a turkey. Oh, interesting. Why do they try to pass off those raptors as 
as Velociraptors, just because I the name Velociraptor sounds cooler. Velociraptor A sounds cooler, and B, I think it's sort of a uh, an un- maybe unintentional or not, but sort of a subtextual uh, storytelling device of that we don't know what these dinosaurs looked like. Uh, we've cloned them, and we've named mm. what we've cloned. You know. Uh, mm. which, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but speaking of Velociraptor, what's amazing is like, you know, you think about uh, raptors and the Tyrannosaurus, and you think about, oh, who's like, mm-hmm. who's the flagship dinosaur of these movies? Uh, obviously, it's between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is that in this one, uh, it sort of ends with like, oh, the T-Rex being king. Uh, and raptors mm-hmm. sort of being uh, certainly the biggest uh, threat intelligence-wise, um, but they're more an antagonistic sort of dinosaur in the film, whereas the T-Rex is just kind of doing his own thing. Yeah, her own thing. Her own thing. It's a she. Her, oh, that's right. They're all technically they're all, they're she's. All, they're all ladies, which is something I realized while re-watching yesterday. Is the fact that they like they obviously deliberately make the point of telling us that all the, the dinosaurs um, are bred female so that they can't like breed on their own in the wild. And then Jeff Goldblum has that great line of you know how do they know is someone going up and lifting up all the dinosaur skirts? Um, <laughs> but it's funny that they that they make the, that they make that point very early on to tell us that they're all females, um, and then throughout the movie, everyone. Every, pretty much everyone continues to misgender the dinosaurs. They're, you know, they call a T-Rex he, they call the raptors he, um, they call, you know, uh, Newman calls the little, the little dude with the flares <laughs> that, that uh, spits venom all over his face. He, Newman calls him a, a good little boy. Yeah, dude, great dinosaur. Great dinosaur. Also great death. Uh, yes. Might be the um, best death in the movie, but we'll circle back this, to that question. Is um, this, um, Wayne Knight's biggest role aside from Newman? Uh, I think this got him Newman. Really? Oh, wow. I think I think this was because this is like early 90s and I don't think Newman was really a, like a, a main player on Seinfeld until like mid 90s. So I think he parlayed uh, Dennis Nedry into Newman into the guy from Space Jam. He just like <laughs> owned the years of like 1993 to 97. Like, Wayne Knight just owned that that chunk of time. Dude, Wayne Knight was hot in the 90s, dude. He was. He really was. Uh, but, like, Total speaking, speaking of Wayne Knight, we'll quickly just say this, and then uh, we'll get back to the dino chat. It's like, what a cast this movie uh, has. You have Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum, Wayne Knight, Samuel L. Jackson, and, of course, John Hammond. <laughs> John Hammond as John Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> um, if if the if the new Jurassic Park movies had any sort of sense of humor, they would um, they would cast John Ham as John Hammond, <laughs> as, <laughs> and just put him in a in a fuck ton of, of like old man makeup. Um, but yeah, the cat the cast is insane. Sam Sam Jackson is just chilling with a cigarette lit hanging hanging out of his mouth the entire movie. Um, I didn't realize this until I rewatched it for like specifically for this show. Uh, but Laura Dern was like totally a babe. Um, and I feel like, I don't know how I never picked up on that in previous viewings of this movie. I guess I was like too busy with the dinosaurs or whatever. Um, that was like the first thing that I noticed, uh, early on in this movie. Um, I, I, I really needed to put that out there that she was a total babe. So good for Laura Dern. She's good also for Laura Dern. and a great actor. Yeah, good for well, her. Isn't, being a babe. isn't that but what she's so kind about? Babe by Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, uh, what were you going to say? No, uh, I can't disagree with you. Um, the what's interesting is that our three main players, uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, obviously, they're very well-known actors at the time and well-known actors since. Uh, but what's so interesting is that for a blockbuster film like this, directed by Steven Spielberg, um, 
they're they're not like they're more movie star adjacent, right? Like, you know, at least mm-hmm. these days they're not. If they like, you know, you, you have oh, you have Chris Pratt, like, and it's like not the same thing. Like these were, these were no offense to Chris Pratt, these were real actors <laughs> uh, that they hired. <laughs> offense to Chris Pratt. <laughs> offense to Chris Pratt. Um, to just do this, you know, that they thought were were great for these roles to to help tell mm-hmm. this great story, um, as opposed to oh, let's get a movie star to help sell tickets. Uh, yeah, the the diners sell the tickets. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, dynamite cast. Uh, dynamite cast. Yeah, so rap. Um, What's up? I mean, I feel like. So, do we want to? Is is it even worth really talking about the the plot of the film? I feel like anyone who's going to see it probably no. has seen this movie already. Um, yeah, I can't imagine there are too many people who are who have not seen Jurassic Park um, or at least like familiar with Jurassic Park. Like I can't tell you the first time that I watched Jurassic Park. It's just always something that's been present in my life. Like I've just always known that Jurassic Park is a thing. And like, I've known the the T-Rex scene in the rain um, just through like general, like cultural osmosis, you know, I, I can't, I can't really picture anyone who, you know, unless you live under a rock, um, huh, rock, um, who, who isn't like familiar with Jurassic Park, you know? So I don't think we need to go into the plot. I think we can just talk about like what makes it freaking awesome. Absolutely. Well, uh, the, this, the, the, the big scene of the movie, uh, the T-Rex reveal, the, uh, the scene that, uh, you know, obviously the movie's great up until that point, but it, in the '90s, if you've never you've never seen anything like this before, just the the a the scale of the animatronics of the Tyrannosaurus, the quality of the CGI mm. at the time. Um, mm-hmm. This this movie is an exercise. The marriage of the two. Yes, a beautiful marriage of only using special effects regarding CGI when absolutely necessary. Um, and what's, what's so interesting about it. And I, I, I can't remember what other film where we talked about uh, this particular topic with, but because of the technology, Oh, I get a uh, star Wars because of the technological constraints at the time led to people having mm-hmm. to be more creative with how they shoot something and how they build puppets and practical effects. And as a result, what you get is absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, um, it's it's like really sad watching a movie like Jurassic Park and knowing that so much of what we get now is just like CGI porn, um, and a lot of the times, and it's like it's it's really easy to complain about there being too much CGI in movies, and it's. Um, it's really just like old man yelling at cloud sort of energy. Um, but <laughs> when you go back and watch something like Jurassic Park, like maybe if the technology was available to Steven Spielberg and his team at that point, um, you know, maybe they would have really leaned into the CGI of, of it all. Um, but there is something that's way more artistic and special about knowing that someone had these specific restraints in terms of what they could do. Um, and seeing them still overcome that um, to make something that one looks really cool um, and two like stands the test of time. Like you watch Jurassic Park in the Lord uh, in the year of our Lord um, 2022, and like it still looks really really good. You can you know say that some of the CGI looks outdated, um, but for the most part, like it never takes you out of the movie, which is all that matters, and it all makes sense within the context of the story and like, and you know, where, where you are, you know, when you see the first dinosaur, um, the, the bronchiosaurus or whatever, I, I totally butcher that name. Um, <laughs> when you see that thing for the first, for the first time, it's, it's like, it's so amazing. And if this movie were to come out today, instead of having that beautiful magical moment where the focus is on the reaction of Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler, um, instead the focus would be on 
well, how many freaking dinosaur CGI dinosaurs can we jam into this one shot? And how can we show off how cool it is? And there'll be pterodactyls flying over while these other dinosaurs are running around. And this one dinosaur is eating leaves from a tree. Um, and, you know, it just takes away from what's like actually significant about that scene. It's, it's seeing the look like the look on on Grant's face when he gets out of the car. Uh, and then when he taps Sattler and, and Laura Dern takes off her sunglasses as she's standing up in the Wrangler, like that is movie magic, not the fact that we could CGI a dinosaur onto a screen. Um, yes. Just, what, what special, man. What you're describing is called storytelling, Raph. Um, it, <laughs> what, Wild concept. Um, yes. It, everything you just said is true. And it's amazing because. The scene, that scene where we first see a dinosaur, it's not about us seeing the dinosaur. It's about seeing the characters see a dinosaur and what that means um, and how they react to that and how wonderful and amazing and terrifying it is all at the same time. And, you know, you, you think about a scene like that, a scene involving a dinosaur where the purpose of the scene is to express wonder and amazement simply by looking at the thing eating a tree. And then you <laughs> think about how in Jurassic World Dominion, there's a scene where Chris Pratt's riding a motorcycle in Venice being chased by raptors. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, I don't think. Um, obviously, in, in all fairness... In all fairness, neither of us have seen the movie, so maybe, maybe the Italian raptor scene actually makes sense within the context of the film. Of course. Uh, you know, how raptors got to Italy, I don't it. know, but... <laughs> that, that's, where they, that's where they used to live. That raptor that's, was yeah. like, back in the Panagia, this is my home. It's not Velociraptor, it's Velociraptor. Uh, I, yes, I will. I will do my. <laughs> I will do my very best uh, to keep to to not uh, use Dominion as a way of proving a point as to why this movie is good. As difficult, yeah. As, as that but be. it's it, it 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 is very difficult because this movie, even even with the Lost World and even with Jurassic Park three, um, neither feels as as special as the original Jurassic Park. Um, and it's a very unfortunate thing. It's a very unfortunate thing that this like massive franchise um, has sort of taken off and is still coming at us all these years later um, and just totally fails to re recapture anything of what's special about the first one or to like reimagine ways that stories about dinosaurs roaming a modern earth could be cool or or fascinating to us um you know like this first movie i i was like trying to think if there's if it might be the best blockbuster of all time um i think the only two that i would maybe put ahead of it are the original star wars and fellowship of the ring but besides that like this is as good as it gets in terms of blockbuster filmmaking um and it just sucks that um you know for the most part a lot of what's come since in the same franchise hasn't been nearly as as good um as, as the oj that no that's a really good point and actually that's a really good trifecta list like lord of the rings star wars at least the original star wars uh and uh mm -hmm. the original jurassic park yeah the, I, those really are i think the pillars of blockbuster filmmaking in terms of quality, uh, or rather, uh, substance meeting the level of style. Um, mm -hmm. Something that's interesting, uh, you know, you think about why this, why people love this movie so much, or even why the movie works. Um, I can't remember the actual phrase or, or, or what it's called, but it's this idea that if you want to make a compelling story, it's impossible to do in the modern day age because of cell phones, everything we have available to us. Uh, and mm. it, it makes me think about like 
oh, why is the thing so effective? Oh, because they're trapped and isolated and cut off from the rest of the world. Well, why is Jurassic Park so effective? Oh, because they're literally trapped on a fucking island and they can't call for help. It's it's literally that simple. Um, whereas like, oh, why? Yeah, here I go. Why is Jurassic, like, how is Jurassic World uh, able to happen? Just have the military kill all the dinosaurs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's quite simply this idea of like, it's not even that the park is open in this movie. It's that our main characters are there to help John Hammond get, get his sign off on the park to his lawyers. Like, that's the movie. People come to this yeah. island to see these dinosaurs to make sure that the island is safe. Guess what? The island is not safe. That's the movie. <laughs> um, it's so simple. It's, it's great. Uh, yeah. And like, like there, there aren't like helicopters. There aren't like machine guns and soldiers. It's just a bunch of scientists hiding from dinosaurs. That's literally it. And one d- and one dude who goes big game hunting in like, like near like South Africa. Yeah, <clears throat> and he gets fucking yeeted right for out the get. He gets no. outsmarted by the, he gets the, the, the by by Mama. Oh Rat yeah, he gets yeet, yeeted one. at the end. He he's he's a great character. He might be my favorite character. We can go through favorite characters. Um, yes, absolutely. Do you want to do it's that? Just, now? I mean, it's, it's it's Ian Malcolm, man. Like this is this is the quintessential Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I feel like a lot of your adult personality is um is modeled after Ian Malcolm. That, yes, there are two there are two uh, speaking of Seinfeld, there are two people that have sort of molded the man I've grown into. Uh it is the character of Dr. Ian Malcolm and the character of Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> Equal parts Kramer and, and Malcolm and sprinkle in some Neo. Yeah, <laughs> yes. In, in terms of attire, yes. Yeah, <laughs> just Neo's aesthetic, right? Um, um, yeah, dude, he's he's amazing. Um, I I said it before, but he kind of he he outbabes Laura Dern. Um, like the shot of him with his shirt open, uh, sort of like laying on his side, um, after he got attacked by the raptor, is one of the sexiest shots in all of cinema history. <laughs> It's insane. I, and he's a I'm mathematician. A, he a plays huge, a sexy mathematician. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. He's the badass of science. Um, he's yeah. a rock star scientist. Even I think John Hammond even says that. I bring scientists, you yeah. bring a rock star. Um, <laughs> I, speaking of that, uh, that scene where he's... Because he's been... Right, he, he survived his encounter with the T-Rex, but his leg is all fucked up. So he's like on the table now looking at a map directing uh, Dr. Settler how to turn the power back on. So he's like got his shirt open, whatever. He's looking all sexy and fun. Uh, my my favorite, <laughs> my favorite um, mashup of that scene is with Dr. Alan Grant when he has his head and body on top of the Triceratops listening to it breathe. They have him cut onto Jeff Goldblum's belly <laughs> from that scene. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, speaking of that triceratops scene, there's a, a wild cut. Um, it goes from like Hammond talking about, uh, I, I can't remember, uh, but then it just cuts to Jeff Goldblum. And it's like four seconds long before he says anything. And the whole setup is just for him to walk over to, to a pile of shit and go, that's one big pile of shit. And, oh, and then God, it just yeah. the camera just zooms away from him. It's... <laughs> It's amazing. Like this movie's kind of chaotic at times in in like fun ways like that, but it's mostly around Jeff Goldblum. Um but it all it all it all works. He's absolutely perfect in this. Yeah, I he he is I, I don't want to say he's necessarily comic relief, but his the personality of the of the character instills a lot of levity into an otherwise very serious uh plot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very, it's like, it's not, it's not over the top and it's not bashing you over the head with it. Like, you know, she's, she puts on gloves and she goes through the triceratops pile of shit to like, see if it's eaten poison berries or whatever. And she like walks away Mm -hmm. and like the, the scene ends with him quipping, you will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. 
It's just little shit like that. It's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big shit. That's one big pile of shit. <laughs> um, do you, I like Malcolm is is probably the right choice, but I'm kind of stuck between um, Mr. Arnold, just because Sam Jackson says hold on to your butt like five times, and he has that, that uh, constantly has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and Muldoon is just so badass. Um, and his death is his death is also pretty badass. Um, just acknowledging that he got outsmarted by the Raptors is is a great way to go out. Um, but you know who's also a great character? Tell me. <laughs> Hammond. <laughs> um, John 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 Hammond as like a sort of antagonist figure. Uh, um, He's wonderful because, and again, sorry to like to keep comparing this to some of the newer ones, um, but in the first Jurassic World, you know the the bad guy who wants to reopen the park, um, and I'm assuming in the in the follow up Jurassic World movies, they're just motivated by pure evil capitalism. You know, they just want to make money, and they don't care. You know, they if there's a morality issue with the dinosaurs or whatever they just want to bring in as many people to to make as much money as possible which is a a really easy villain to go with you know bad guy who likes money capitalism bad okay we get it but hammond is cool because there's a certain like there's this, this certain earnest quality to him wanting to to bring these dinosaurs to life like he is genuinely eager about the idea of people getting to see something that they have never seen before. And that like giddiness, that, that sort of that honest eagerness, um, it makes him a character that we can identify with because yeah, wouldn't it be cool if I could show people dinosaurs, uh, that haven't been on the earth in 65 million years, that would be awesome. But also should I do this? Like, is it a bad idea to do this? Um, so that's where he kind of gets like the uh, the antagonist vibe, like vibes from the villain vibes from. Um, but to make him like a real character who is human and is flawed, and we can identify with him, but also, you know, we have Malcolm who's very much so opposed to what he's doing. Um, that sort of like character dynamic makes all of the scenes that don't involve dinosaurs also super exciting, which is something that you obviously need to do in any sort of movie we can't just have two hours of dinosaurs running around and yelling and people running away from dinosaurs and getting out of you know these awful situations where they probably should be eaten you know you need real we need scenes in between with with characters and character dynamics um so i just thought it's like awesome that he's actually a fully realized character instead of just a one-dimensional rich villain dude absolutely i mean what you're describing too about that is like it's absolutely uh, true. Like the dinosaurs are just the dressing, right? Like really what makes this movie mm-hmm. great are, are, are the characters and the script and, and the story. And of course it just so happens that, you know, dinosaurs are a part of that. Um, but what you're describing yeah. about Hammond and why, like what you're talking about is he has that great little mini monologue to Dr. Settler where he talks about his little flea circus uh, and mm-hmm. how it was like the wonder, the look on people's faces and how he just wanted to give them something real that they could like see and touch. And like, ultimately because of what happens, the tragedy at the park, he becomes sort of like this tragic, uh, figure, um, who of course, you know, he has negative flaws, you know, he's, he's idealistic. And like you said, he doesn't mm-hmm. consider the, uh, the consequences of, of doing these things. Um, but you know, it's it, it comes back to uh, not to reference um, Jurassic Park three because it's not really very good. But uh, Doctor Grant in that movie has a spoilers. He survives this. Uh, has a great line where he says, uh, "The best intentions, some of the worst things imaginable alive, were done with the best intentions." Um, and of course, he's referring to you know to Hammond and. And all the shit that's resulted purely because this guy just, just because he could, he didn't stop to think if he should. Ah, to quote ah. the great Ian Malcolm. 
Malcolm Ian. Ian Malcolm. Do you think Malcolm Gladwell is, is based off of Ian Malcolm? Uh, we can only assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see nothing to refute said claim. <laughs> All right, we got favorite characters. Do you have a favorite scene? I feel like there's only one favorite scene in this uh, movie. I mean, uh, obviously the um, the Tyrannosaurus reveal uh, in the rain is just fantastic. Because um, it, be, it, it, it has so many moving parts, both literally and just in terms of what's happening. I love... Mm-hmm. Um, movies where, or especially movies like this, and like horror movies or monster movies, where like characters are put in a predicament. You know, like it's such mm-hmm. a simple setup of oh, some of our characters are in one car, and some of our characters are in the other car. Some of our characters need to get the characters from the other car, but they can't do that because there's a giant fucking lizard in between the two cars. Uh, <laughs> Like that's that's it. That's the scene. Um, and then of course, like all the inner workings of that of like, oh, the car gets flipped and now they're trapped in the car upside down. It's like, how do we distract this thing? We use the flares. Like it's just all kinds of great mechanisms that make that scene as exciting as it is. If there's just so much going mm-hmm. on and it's so exciting uh, just from the moment the T-Rex comes through the the fence till the moment they fucking go over the edge or whatever. Uh, yeah. The mo- from the moment the, uh, the water starts to ripple. It's just, oh, yeah, it's the, like 15, oh, 20 yeah. minutes of, of just fucking adrenaline, man. Just, you, you could, know? you could tell Spielberg was, say. was fucking torqued behind the camera filming that sequence, dude. Dude. Okay. Spielberg. I got I got some words about this guy. Um, the fact that he edited this movie while shooting Schindler's List and released both in the same calendar year is maybe the most insane thing that anyone has ever done in the history of making films. It's amazing that there's no uh, tonal overlap as a result of a weathered creative <laughs> mind juggling two things at once. <laughs> Like imagine if some tone, some of the Schindler's List tone snuck into to uh, Jurassic Park. There's just a whole black and white just... sequence with the Raptors or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just being super sad about yeah. the Stegosaurus dying. <laughs> Raptors list. What? <laughs> Schindler's that is, Raptors. Look, here, here's the thing. Like Spielberg's an interesting guy. Um, not all of his movies are, you know, knocks out of the park, but dude, like his, he, he is an amazing, uh, filmmaker. Um, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's a pioneer really. I mean, you think about, you think about E.T., you think about Schindler's List, you think about Jurassic Park, hell, you think about fucking, uh, Minority Report. Uh, the dude is just dynamite. He really is. No, he's, he's, um, he's, he's like the grand, not grandfather. He's the, uh, he's like the godfather of blockbusters, you know? He really wouldn't have modern day block. So maybe he's a bad thing for cinema. Um, because we wouldn't have modern day blockbusters without Steven Spielberg. Uh, so he's to blame for the current state of the movie industry. Um, and everything that's wrong with it. And we all know it's wrong because things were better back in the day. I, you know what? I, I do think things were better back in the day. I really do. <laughs> Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we really are getting old and are old men yelling at clouds. But like, I watch movies from fucking 20, 30 years ago and they're so much better than they are now. Yeah, I like, dude, like you said uh, at the top of this, um, why would I go see Jurassic Dominions when I can see, when I can just rewatch this Jurassic Park like four times a week? You know? <laughs> why would I do that? 
Jurassic it's Park tr- is sitting true. right there, and I can watch it. I can watch it whenever. It it makes it I makes no sense to me. Um, uh, like the, what it like the new the new like what is a blockbuster movie like? What can they do that'll show us something we've never seen before? The way like Jurassic Park did or Star Wars did or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything they can do. I guess maybe like Mad Max came pretty close. Uh, well, all right. Here's here's the thing about something like Mad Max um, and something like Jurassic Park is um, Mad Max has these two things called a script and a vision, um, and that's what Jurassic Park has. Jurassic Park, if you you could just watch this movie as like a master class of script writing, um, especially blockbuster script writing and like how to, how to give us like how to lay out all the seeds of what is going to happen, how to continue to build up uh, to what's going to be your big sort of set piece moment. If you just think of the first half of this movie as leading up to the T-Rex moment, every scene that comes before is directly leading up to that moment and building to that moment in one of the tightest ways possible. Like you, this this script is as as tight as scripts come, um, and then you pair that with someone like Steven Spielberg, who behind the camera knows like all the right technical things to do. He knows when when to zoom in, when you know when to zoom out, when to you know pan, when to use a crane shot, when to you know what what to cut, when to cut the right shot with the next right shot, and how to make all of that stuff work. Um, and you pair those things together and that's when you actually get movie magic instead of just, uh, you know, here's a bunch of flashy CGI that we throw at you. Um, and, you know, I wish people would watch, I wish modern filmmakers would watch Jurassic Park um, and pull those things from it, pull the great script, pull uh, the restrained um, CGI work and special effect work. Uh, pull the use of score and like put those tools to making modern day movies instead of just dinosaur go boom, boom. <laughs> but sorry, you're, you're, sorry for my old man ran. You, no, you're absolutely right. Actually. I think what you're describing is why the movie is as exciting as it is. The, just the structure of the script and the restraint of the first half of the movie. And you think about what the movie opens with. It opens with the transport of a velociraptor. And you never see the raptor. All you see is what it's capable of. It's capable of killing a guy. And then, boom, we meet our other characters and the movie goes along. If the movie starts letting us know that these things are fucking dangerous... They can kill people very easily, and they probably will again. And the movie makes you forget that uh, until mm. the fucking until they see the raptor cage, but you still don't see the raptors. And then they live it mm. when the T Rex shows up. And it's the word you use as restraint. It's exactly what it is. It's a script and a filmmaker that trusts an audience to be like, oh, we're building to something. Like, we're getting there, and when it happens, you're going to be like, holy shit. And it's effective because it's not constant. Exactly. It's not just, here's a scene, okay, it's been 20 minutes, and people are probably bored because they have short attention spans, so let's blow some stuff up or have a raptor chase someone now. No. Take the time to tell us why the T-Rex chase is going to be as significant as it is, and then let things go go ham from there, you know? After the T-Rex chase, um, yes, there are some moments where things sort of, sort of slow down, uh, but that really just, like, accelerates the rest of the movie into a sort of hyperspeed that works for the, for the last hour because we've spent all the time on the first half building to that moment. It's just... I wish movies cared about things like this, you know? It's true. We sound like, I sound like such an old man. Well, <laughs> Back in my day, most... movies used to mean something. But it's you're, you're absolutely right that, like, they don't. Or at least, like, people don't put in the time or the effort to, to get there. 
And I mean, what's great is like, you know, you think about the T-Rex, like he's so big, you're only dan- you're only in danger when you're in the park. She. she. Uh, Amiscus. Uh, and then you're like, oh, when they get back to the compound, they should be safe. And that's where the brilliant use of the raptors come in because they're small, mm-hmm. they're agile, and they can fucking open doors, I guess. Um, that That's that's the, 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 the interesting thing, too, is like, I don't think, um, you know, obviously the movie takes liberties with, with dinosaurs to begin with, but like, I don't think that they, mm-hmm. there's any actual scientific proof that velociraptors were smarter than dolphins. Um, but for this, for the, for the movie, uh, whatever they are. And as a result, it's exciting mm-hmm. that they are. Yeah, man. It's who's your favorite death? Um, I love, 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 uh, the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My favorite death in the movie. Um, that, uh, yeah, the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet. I think Muldoon's my favorite. Oh, when, uh, oh, cle- the clever girl. Yeah. Yeah. And then his face is getting... Dude, there's an insane cut where his face is getting eaten by the raptor. And then it cuts to Grant giving uh, little Timmy uh, CPR. It's, it's like Spielberg is a madman. And to think <laughs> that he decided to put those two shots together uh, after a day of shooting Schindler's List is just bonkers to me. Like... I don't know how, how he does that. So good for him. Thanks for, for making Steven. one of the best movies. Thanks, Steven. You did it. Also, it, it's this movie is just so rewatchable. Oh it, yeah. I I never get it's, to every time I watch it, like I don't fast forward through any parts. Like I love every bit of it. It's super exciting. Life uh finds a way. Yeah, I don't really maybe know that's what, a big what takeaway. life finds a way to. Um, maybe yeah. maybe movies will find a way to be good again. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe blockbusters uh, find a way. The thing, the thing that sucks is that to make a blockbuster costs so much money, right? And the only way you're going to get producers to produce that kind of money to fund a blockbuster is if they're certain that it's going to make that money back and then some. And because they go into it with that notion, which I mean, to be fair, is understandable when you're throwing around $200 million, uh, they don't take risks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a result, if you don't take risks, you just get the same thing you've seen over and over and over again with no ingenuity, uh, no... uh, uh, What's the word? No, uh, uh, no innovation. Uh, just yeah. not, none of that. It's just like, oh, what move? Like how? What movie made the most money this past year? Uh, okay, we'll do it like that. Just do that again. Yeah, it's pretty much it. It's unfortunate, yeah. but you know. Yeah, man. Power right. of the algorithm. Indeed. Um, that said, rap, Moneyball uh, ruined movies. Jurassic Park, it's fantastic. How would you score it? That's a good question. I think the last time I I watched this, I think I scored it five out of five. Um, And I'm trying to think of a reason why I shouldn't do that. Because it's not, and I shouldn't hold this against this movie. Obviously, it's not, you know, a, a deep emotional sort of art house flick it's not uh pta doing there will be blood or uh you know orson welles you know doing freaking citizen kane but like this movie is as technically sound as most movies that are made it's as effective as most movies that are made it's as entertaining as pretty much any movie that's ever been made so like why not give it five stars out of five if you know if the shoe fits wear it um fuck it it's it's a 
perfect movie uh, for for what it is. So I think it's again, it's one of the pinnacles of blockbuster filmmaking, and it should be celebrated, you know, for for doing that. What about you? Uh, I wrestle with the same sentiment that you do, being like, I want to give it five out of five. Why am I looking for a reason not mm-hmm. to? If I'm looking for a reason not to, maybe it's because I don't think it's a five out of five, but then why am I thinking that for no reason? Um, I, I, I think I'm inclined to agree, though. Uh, I think any nitpicks you would have with the movie, I think, are not necessarily uh, negligible, but I don't think that they detract from the experience at all. I think you have a fucking movie here uh, that's about surviving on an island full of dinosaurs, and yet it still manages to be edited well, directed well, acted well, and written well. Um, So all that said, I think if I was going to chip anything off, it'd be a half a point. So the lowest I would go is 4.5, but I'm just going to give it a 5 out of 5. There's really nothing I would change about Jurassic Park. So there you go. I think that's that's the best way to put it. If there's nothing you would change, then it's it's five out of five. Um, before we wrap, uh, one quick note. I just I was looking at your at your name in the uh, in the Zoom chat as John yes. Hammond, and I remembered um, I was at a wedding this past weekend, and apparently the dress code was um, owner of Dinosaur Theme Park because there were like three older men. Who all dress like John Hammond and one oh, of them? Oh, that's right. I remember you mentioned I, that. I, tr- <laughs> I tried to snap a picture of him, but he totally caught me as I, <laughs> as I was doing it. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> three of these guys just full John Hammond vibes. It was hysterical. I love his little uh, walking stick uh, with the handle being made of uh, amber with the mosquito in it. I just think that's such a nice detail and nice touch. It's beautiful. He's got all the power right there in the palm of his hands. It's true. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Raph. Brilliant. Great episode. Like I always say, it's always nice to talk about a good movie that we like. It, it is nice. It's nice to enjoy stuff. Yes. That said, <laughs> who are you, Raph? Where can people find you if they're looking for you? Dude, I'm at Raph Stitt on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there enjoying things um that i enjoy hit me up what about you pretty sick dude uh you can find me on instagram as well at michael underscore romeo underscore roco underscore r-u-o-c-c-o michael romeo roco r-u-o-c-c-o underscores in between and at the end you can also find me on twitter and letterbox at michael underscore roco and you can find raf both you myself and the podcast proper at straight to dvd pod that's the number two straight to dvd pod on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you find your podcasts. Pretty sick, dude. Pretty rad, bro. All right, dude, let's go get tickets to uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's do it. Boom. Um, Boom. I guess we'll be back next week to to talk about Obi-Wan. So, back to talking about shit. Yep. The long-awaited Obi-Wan finale comes out. Next week. Can't wait to get it over with. Look for that. (laughs) Look for that. (laughs) Doses. 